Hello and welcome to another episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. I'm Rodrigo. I'm JW. I'm and, Ben. Yeah, Ben is back. He's joining us after a while that he hasn't appeared, so we're very excited. Super Wild Card Weekend just happened. To be honest, it wasn't that super. Four of the games were blowouts, yeah. and the other two were kind of low scoring. But nevertheless, there's a lot to talk about. There are four incredible, amazing games coming up in the divisional round next week. So let's get started with the biggest game of Wild Card Weekend, which was the Cowboys against the 49ers. The 49ers won 23-17. to At the end of the game, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened. JW, let's start with you. What was your biggest impression at the end of the game? Oh, man, this was exactly why the Dallas Cowboys fail every year. It was, I mean, they can't, they do all the big things right, like have a great quarterback, great passing game, great running back, great O-line, but they mess up on all the little things and just throw games down the toilet, lose games that they shouldn't, and this was exactly why. Like Terrible call to end the game, bad clock management, not being aware of where the referee is and giving him the ball, it, it's just terrible for the Cowboys. I feel like the biggest thing um, was the the penalties. I think it was 14 penalties, which is like the Cowboys' like postseason record. So like every time the Cowboys get a big break, Micah Parson tackles for a loss. Um, D line gets a loss. Some I, I saw some play at the end of the game where um, the Cowboys player tackled one of the O linemen um, instead of like like uh, pursuing the actual like ball carrier. Um, which caused them like a 10, 10 yard penalty that gave the 49ers a first down. So I feel like without penalties, the Cowboys win this game by like two touchdowns, but they lost because of that. Yeah, my biggest takeaway from this game is that the Cowboys need to get rid of Mike McCarthy. Before this point, I was not that much of a Mike McCarthy hater. I thought he was a fine head coach, sometimes had some issues with clock management. But I mean, his clock management in this game was atrocious. It was so bad. The play call at the end of the game where they run a QB draw with 14 seconds left and no timeouts is probably one of the worst play calls I have ever seen. I mean, how do you even think of doing that where instead of just instead of running the ball and risking the clock running out on you, you can just run two out routes and be in the exact same situation with much less risk. It made no sense. There is no way an NFL head coach should approve that call. And even though Kellen Moore called it, Mike McCarthy still has to approve it. Um, Also, I can't believe that Cowboys fans have the audacity to blame the refs for not getting to the ball fast enough and getting in Dak Prescott's way. When Dak Prescott needs to know that in that situation, when he slides – he needs to immediately look for the ref, get out of his way, give him the ball so the ref can spot the ball. In my opinion, the refs did nothing wrong in that play. It was purely on the Cowboys' terrible play call and on Dak Prescott, who, by the way, also should have slid much earlier on that play to avoid this situation. So definitely a very, very stereotypical Cowboys loss, terrible clock management, lots of penalties, as you mentioned, Ben. And as I said, I think they really need to get rid of Mike McCarthy because I don't think they can win with him as their head coach. Yeah, I don't see how this organization goes along 
with Mike McCarthy continuing to be the head coach after that disaster and still is like respected as an organization. Yeah, and let's talk about the other team in that game because for three and a half quarters, the San Francisco 49ers were looking really good. They completely dominated both on defense and on offense. Debo Samuel played really well. And before Nick Bosa got hurt, the defense had basically shut out the Cowboys' offense. So do you think the 49ers can put up a real challenge against the Packers next week? Yeah, they definitely can. But it's going to be an uphill battle, especially if Nick Bosa is not playing. Uh, their offense just, I mean, besides Debo Samuel, not extremely explosive. Um, but their defense is still really solid without Nick Bosa, which keeps them in any game. I think my opinion is that midway through the third quarter, while the 49ers were up 23-7, to I was so impressed by the 49ers. I was thinking, wow, they have a real shot to go to Lambeau and beat this Packers team. But then Jimmy Garoppolo happened. And I realized, no, I don't think the 49ers have any shot against the Packers with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo single-handedly led the Cowboys back into the game with a lot of overthrows, a lot of bad decisions, and then the crucial mistake, which was the interception in the middle of the fourth quarter, which was one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen in the playoffs. He overthrew his receiver by a lot of yards and I don't like the one thing you can't do as a quarterback in that situation is throw an interception that's like the one thing that he could not do and yet he still did it I don't know if I can trust the 49ers going forward with Jimmy Garoppolo because it's one thing to make that mistake against the Cowboys and Dak Prescott who I think we can all agree is not a top five quarterback he's good but not top five but if you make that mistake against Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau, there's no shot you are winning that game. So now let's move on to another one of the big games, or was supposed to be one of the big games, Cardinals-Rams on Monday night, just last night. It was supposed to be a clash between two NFC West juggernauts. But unfortunately for us, the viewers, the Rams routed the Cardinals. They won by a score of 34 to 11, absolutely dominated. Ben, are you more impressed by the Rams or more disappointed by the Cardinals? Honestly, I feel like the Rams-Cardinals game was similar to the um, 49ers-Cowboys game in the sense that the, the, they both had super high-powered offenses, um, but the other team just happened to have their biggest weakness, um, like on the opposite side of the ball. Um, I guess the Cowboys, it was their run defense, very not very good run defense. 49ers just like pound like the run game the entire game. Um, it was the same for the, the Cardinals. The Cardinals' big weakness is their O-line. They're solid everyone else, everywhere else, but they have a really, really weak O-line. So when you face a D-line, like the Rams D-line, you can't do anything the entire game. Kyler Murray was getting pressured the entire game, had to force throws, um, led to incomplete passes. You couldn't run the ball up the middle because Aaron Donald's just going to swallow the guy whole. So, like, you can't do anything the whole game if your O-line can't do anything. It was their biggest weakness, like, faced by probably the best D-line in the whole league. Yeah, I definitely agree that the Rams definitely took advantage of the line in this game, having a better, more experienced offensive and defensive line uh, going up against the Cardinals, who their D-line, you know, it's got J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, 
but they really weren't getting much going against Matthew Stafford and putting much pressure on him. And the, the Rams ran the ball effectively, which just let them cruise to easy win with their interceptions and turnovers that they forced. I thought that this was the first game where we truly saw all of the Rams pieces come together and work together at the same time as a coherent team. I mean, their defense, as you guys mentioned, played extremely well. Their defensive line is extremely impressive, and they have lots of talent in the back end like Jalen Ramsey. Their offense was good. Matthew Stafford didn't have to do a lot. He only attempted 17 passes, but he still played pretty well to secure his first ever playoff win. I thought another big takeaway from this game was that now that Cam Akers is back, the Rams have two legitimate running backs that they can count on in Cam Akers and Sony Michelle. They both played really well and will both be huge weapons against the Buccaneers next week. And also, obviously, Cooper Cup, great in the game. And Odell Beckham was also great. He's really hitting his stride right now and I think will be a huge factor moving forward. But from the Cardinals' perspective, I've seen a lot of people blaming Kyler Murray and making fun of Kyler Murray for really having a pretty terrible game. But honestly, I just think this is going to be a learning experience for Kyler Murray. It was his first NFL playoff game. I think you could clearly tell that he was nervous and that he was not prepared for that situation. I mean, he wasn't prepared for the Rams D-line to be in his face like every three seconds. So Right, but he also he was missing routine throws. They pointed out on the broadcast he, he had lots of checkdowns he could have made, which he didn't. It seemed like he was looking for the big play too often instead of taking what the defense was giving him. And then obviously that terrible pick six, which was Carson Wentz-ish as he tried to avoid getting a safety. So just threw the ball up into the air. The Rams intercepted it. And now all of a sudden, instead of being down 16-0 to two-score game, you still have a shot. You're down 21-0. And it looks like the game is over. So I don't really blame Kyler Murray that much. I think Cliff Kingsbury did not do a good job of putting him into a good situation to win. And he'll definitely learn from this. I think he'll come back stronger. And there will definitely be more playoff games in Kyler Murray's future where he can make up for this bad game. Well, I mean, yeah, it ain't Kyler Murray's fault entirely, but it's also not not his fault. I mean, he still did not play well in the game that he needed to play well for them to have a chance. And, I mean, throwing two picks, not getting anything going, averaging four yards in attempt, passing, it's just terrible. Yeah, he definitely did not live up to what he's shown earlier on the season. So now that we've covered some of the biggest games of Wild Card Weekend, let's look forward now to the divisional round. I honestly can't remember a time where there were four legitimately great games in the divisional round. They are all must-watch. All will be highly entertaining. Hopefully, they'll be closer than they were this past week. So let's predict all of these games. Let's start with the first game, the Cincinnati Bengals, off their first playoff win in over 30 years, travel to Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Titans. The Titans may or may not get Derrick Henry back for this game, which will obviously be huge for them. Jada, who do you think is going to win this game? I think the Titans, they have Derrick Henry coming back off the injury. And I think, I mean, he's a super gritty player. Uh, he's he grinds, so I think he will be pretty close to what he was uh, before his injury, 
and I think they'll run the ball down the Bengals' throats and take advantage of a not great front seven uh, by the Bengals, and I think that will give the Titans the victory. At home. The Bengals were a good front seven until they lost Trey Hendrickson. Don't know, don't know what's going to happen with him um, about about that injury. They they lost a lot of players at the end of the game versus the Raiders. I think there was three injuries um, at the end of the game. I still think the Bengals have a shot because the Titans like tend to collapse at some points. Like there's some games where they just collapse. Um, they can't get Ryan Tannehill going. They can't get the defense going. So I still think there's a chance for the Bengals, but I feel like the, the Titans are probably favored for sure. So I'm going to pick the Bengals in this game. And more than just beyond the Bengals themselves, who I think are solid but not great football team, I just don't really trust the Titans. I personally think the Titans are one of the worst number one seeds we have ever seen in the NFL. I Ryan Tannehill has not had a good season. Their defense is solid, but it's not great. And obviously, Derrick Henry's coming back, but I'm not sure how Derrick Henry is going to perform after missing so many weeks with such a serious injury. I'm not even sure if Derrick Henry will play better than Deontay Foreman would have played because Foreman has actually played pretty well in the recent weeks. So I think the Titans are going to really underperform. I don't think Tannehill's going to play well. I think the Bengals will be able to get out to an early lead. I really like what Joe Burrow has been doing lately. His game against the Raiders was really solid. Obviously, the two games before that, he threw for over 900 yards combined. I think Joe Burrow's talent combined with my questions over the Titans will lead to the Titans losing this game and the Bengals moving on to the next round. The big the big thing, though, is that the Bengals' D-line, which was really good the whole season, is missing their, their, their top player, Treat Hendrickson. So if he comes back, there's definitely going to be like a mismatch because the Titans' O-line isn't great. But if he doesn't come back, the Titans could definitely get the run going early. Yeah, I mean, I guess that will be a very interesting game-time decision moving forward. Now, the second game on a Saturday is the San Francisco 49ers at the Green Bay Packers. It's a rematch of the 2019 NFC Championship game where the 49ers obliterated the Packers on their way to the Super Bowl. Who do you think is going to win, Ben? I think it's uh, – personally, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a field goal or touchdown game, but I think the Packers are going to win. Um, just because the 49ers don't have the same, like, star power that the Packers do, the Packers' defense is great. They have a great D-line. The 49ers have pieces, but they're relying too much on, like, their top three guys to make plays the point that if the, the, the Packers put together a good defensive game plan, the 49ers are just not going to be able to get anything going. That's the thing. I kind of disagree. I think the 49ers coming off a big win uh, against the Cowboys carry some momentum, whereas the Packers, you know, they lost the last week of the season, obviously not playing their starting quarterback against the Lions. And then having a week off, you know, I think they might come out slow, whereas I think the Niners are going to be firing on all cylinders early in the game, and that could give them uh, an early lead that they can build on and have just protect with their great defense at the end of the game. I definitely agree with you on some points. I think the 49ers will play well in this game, better than most people expect. I think their defense, as you mentioned, Ben, is really solid. We obviously talked about how great Debo Samuel is, but again, I just can't get over how much of a liability Jimmy Garoppolo is. And Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing against Dak Prescott anymore. He's playing against Aaron Rodgers. He's playing against a back-to-back -back MVP now. 
he cannot make those the mistakes he made in the last game. And I think he will because he just every single time in the big moments, he never performs. I think back to the Super Bowl two years ago against the Chiefs, where all he has to do is hit a go route and the 49ers win the game, but he can't do that. It seems like pressure gets to him sometimes and he can't live up to his talent in the big moments. So because of that reason, I think the game will be close, but I think ultimately in the big moments, Aaron Rodgers will shine while Jimmy Garoppolo will not, and that's why the Packers will win this game. The other problem is the 49ers run game, which is dominant against the Cowboys, is not going to be as good against the Packers who have a stronger, um, who have a, um, the Packers have a better run defense than the Cowboys. And the whole thing with Kyle Shanahan is he set, he uses the run to set up the, um, to set up passes and other like trick plays and runs, design runs with Debo Samuel. So I don't think it's going to work as well against the Packers. So that's probably going to be an issue. Kyle Shanahan is going to find a way to get Debo Samuel the ball. But um, I think the, the 49ers really need to take advantage of the Packers cornerbacks instead of their front seven. And if, and if they can't run the ball, then you need to rely more on Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And yeah. that goes back to what I was saying. Yeah, that's about the problem. How... They're gonna rely. They're gonna have to rely on him to make deep throws to Debo Samuel. Who I think is Kevin King still still the Packers cornerback? Or... I think he's their their cornerback too still. Yeah, I don't know who I don't know who it is, but if he's still if he's still on the team, Debo Samuel is gonna tear him apart. But that would rely on Jimmy G though. So now another one, not a huge game. The Rams go to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. It's a matchup of the old versus the new. Tom Brady and all of his old weapons like Rob Gronkowski and his head coach and Bruce Arians go up against the team that everyone is in love with, the LA Rams with all their talent. Who do you think is going to win, JW? Look, if Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, I know they've been banged up. If they come back and they're healthy and they're playing in the game, this run from Tampa Bay is amazing. We'll be able to poke holes in that defense, and it's going to set up the play-action pass. Tom Brady is going to be throwing the ball all over the yard if they could get a run game going. Uh, so I think Tampa Bay wins the game. They're going to be at home, which gives them a little bit of an advantage. So I like Tampa in this game. I think I, – I know the game, the, the spread is minus 3.5. Um, for the Buccaneers, I think they're going to beat the Rams by like 11, like maybe 12, um, even more possibly. I think that I think the Buccaneers are going to do really well um, against the Rams um, if Leonard Fournette comes back. I think he was supposed to come back last game, but it was like a game time decision. Obviously, they don't need him against the Eagles because the Eagles aren't very good. Um, so I think if he's back, it's not going to be close. I disagree with both of you guys. I think the Rams are going to win this game just because of all the talent they have. I mean, they have legitimate superstars, future Hall of Famers on both sides of the ball at a number of different positions. And you guys talked about Leonard Fournette. Again, I'm not sure how he's going to be coming back from a major injury. Is he going to be the same player we saw during the regular season? Or is he going to play like he played when he was like with the Jaguars? So I'm not sure about him. Beyond Leonard Fournette, the Buccaneers still have a lot of injuries a couple huge players got hurt in their game against Philadelphia. Obviously, they don't have Chris Godwin. They don't have Antonio Brown. Jalen Ramsey is going to guard Mark Mike Evans, and he's, I think he's going to completely shut down Mike Evans, and the Buccaneers will really struggle to move the ball. Also, 
I'm not in love with the Buccaneers' defense. I think Matthew Stafford, along with his weapons, along with his two great running backs, will be able to exploit their weaknesses, especially in the secondary. Even though the Bucs have a really strong run defense, their secondary isn't particularly great. So I think Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford will have a huge game. And ultimately, I think the Rams are going to win just because of how much talent they have. Now, the, for the final game, the Bills play the Chiefs on Sunday in Arrowhead. It's a rematch of the 2020 AFC Championship game. Who do you think is going to win Bills Chiefs? You know, I mean, this is a game, a lot of history between these two teams in recent years. They've kind of been rivals of sorts with the, the two, like, really great young quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And I think that the Buffalo Bills, just coming off a bigger win, have more momentum in this game, which could carry them to a win. You know, the Chiefs, uh, you know, they won kind of by a lot, but um, I mean, it was against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are just not a very good football team definitely the worst team in the playoffs and they only beat them by like 21 whereas the bills were dominant on all sides of the ball last game versus the patriots one of the best teams in the league uh never even got stopped uh at all on offense scored a touchdown every single drive uh except for the one where they just victory formation kneeled it out so i think the bills with a lot of momentum come into arrowhead and stun the chiefs I'm going to disagree with you again because I think the Bills, obviously you talked about how great they played against the Patriots. They had the first perfect game in NFL history in that on offense in that they scored a touchdown on every offensive drive except for that last one with the kneel down, did not have any field goals, did not have any punts, and were not sacked in the entire game. And because of how well they played against the Patriots, I think people are overreacting and saying that they have a shot to beat the Chiefs and will beat the Chiefs. But, I mean, the Chiefs, beyond the first quarter against the Steelers, which I don't know what happened, they played a phenomenal game against the Steelers. People forget the Steelers' defense is really good, and yet Kansas City still found a way to score 42 points on them. Patrick Mahomes was phenomenal, throwing for over 400 yards, and he had five touchdowns. So I think the Bills are a little overhyped. I get that Josh Allen is playing really well, but I am still concerned about him making mistakes because we know Patrick Mahomes is not likely to throw interceptions or have bad throws in the big moments, but Josh Allen is more prone to make this, those mistakes. So for that reason, I think the Chiefs will have the upper hand. Also, they'll be at home. I think that's a huge advantage. Obviously, we know how great of a crowd there is at Arrowhead. So ultimately, I think in a huge offensive game, there'll be a lot of points. It'll be highly entertaining. But I think the Chiefs are going to come out on top. Yeah, but you're also going to look at the Chiefs' defense last week just did not play well. Gave up 21 points to maybe one of the worst playoff offenses ever. I mean, their quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, it was his last game. And, you know, he's had a great career, but wow, he looked terrible in that game. He was throwing ducks, just throwing up prayers, could not move around at all. It was it, it was not like Ben Roethlisberger a few years ago. Uh, it was it was bad watching him play quarterback, and he still found a way to put up 21 points, almost put up 28 there in the last minute. So Yeah, but I mean, most of those points were garbage time points. And 
even though the Chiefs defense didn't play well against the Steelers, they've played really well in the second half of the season. And I don't necessarily think the Chiefs defense needs to be great against the Bills because we know the Bills are going to score a lot of points. But I think the reason why the Chiefs have the upper hand is because Patrick Mahomes, even though Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are both incredibly talented, Patrick Mahomes will probably not make mistakes in big moments while Josh Allen may. So anyway, that is all for this episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask you to please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't done so already. Make sure you watch the games this week. They are going to be highly entertaining, highly competitive games. And stay tuned for our episode next week. Thanks and goodbye.